Here's what's coming up on this week's show. The more value you give in all of your communication efforts, the more they're going to be interested in your brand and your business. The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there, and all oh, special weekend coming up, Claire. Is it? What's happening this weekend? Oh, have you got to that part in your marriage that you've forgotten Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Valentine's Day. Uh, a romantic weekend. Oh, what have you got planned? Or can you not tell us? Or do you not know? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you mu- I'll probably do a bit of housework and maybe watch a bit of Netflix and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully have a, a cheeky glass of wine and a packet of salt vinegar walkers. I'll be happy. Oh, that's so romantic. You really know how to keep the fires burning, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. So every week we like to ask an expert on the show who can help us unravel a certain problem with small business, help our business to grow and teach us something new. And uh, oh, I'm really excited about this one, Claire. Tell us about the subject. So we're going to be talking about how you can promote your business uh, and your service through the use of telling a story. Uh, This is a real marketing episode today. And while marketing is a really important aspect, there are a lot of people who ask a lot of questions about marketing, don't quite know how to do it properly. And when it comes to using your story and talking about yourself uh, in marketing uh, and in social media, I see a lot of people making a lot of mistakes. So I think this is an important one to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I learned the hard way. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes previously and learned from those, but I still think it's an ongoing, ongoing skill to have um, because we adapt. You know, we're adapting all the time as business owners. So we're going to be talking to Amy Stammers. Amy works with businesses in order to look at the whole bigger picture and look at exactly what it is you do and how you can communicate that effectively by storytelling to engage with your audience and grow your customer base. This is the Big Little Business Show. So, Amy, what does it mean when we talk about storytelling in marketing? It's not about making up stories. It's about telling the story of your business, your brand, your product, and your audience. Because people remember stories. They Stories engage people. And if you can find a way to talk about your brand and tell stories to your customer about everything that your brand is and everything they need it to be and why they need it to be, then you'll have almost an endless amount of content to use across any type of platform. Um, Once you understand how to tell the story of your brand, you can talk about your business and your product forever in ways that will always engage your audience. And you can find there are so many different things you can talk about because quite often people say, you know, I have no idea how to talk about my product. It's this. And I say that and I'm done. And I'm like, no, you're not done. You've got everything that makes up your product, all the history of the why, the how, how it's made, why they need it, all the elements. And it's about zoning in and really dissecting all the values and assets of your brand or business and looking to see how and why your customer needs them and finding interesting ways to tell your audience all about it. Yeah, I understand that. So what makes it different from just talking about your own history, as in you as an individual? Um, Well, it depends on what your business is, because obviously if you're service-based, then people do need to know a lot about where you come from and why you are able to sell them this service. If you've actually got a product, then it's about 
telling story about that product and why that customer needs it. And obviously your story does form part of that. So for example, if you're a maker, if you're a, a potter, for example, it's interesting for people to know how you've come to be a potter and how you've, did you study? Was it a hobby? What have you experimented in to come there? It brings the audience sort of closer to the person that's making the product by knowing a little bit about them, um, so their inspirations, their why. As an example that I really love the brand they're doing, I don't know if you've heard painter jackets. Um, they only make jackets. Well, actually, up until this month, they only made jackets. And they were a couple that had met and decided they really wanted to make this one jacket and to make it as best as they could. And they tell the story of their brand by showing and telling their audience absolutely everything that goes into that jacket. So there is a little bit about them, about their history and why they come to want to make it. And then there is all the information about the jacket, all the details, the fabric, the sourcing, the manufacturing. And then there's a bit about their audience as in why you would want to wear this jacket, what's so good about it, why the pockets are there and how warm it is and when you'll use it. And then lots about their actual audience as well, because their audience has become so engaged with the story they're telling, they supply them with so much information because they want to connect and talk to their audience. They, sorry, their audience wants to connect and talk to the brand. You picked on a really important word there, which was audience. And in marketing, audience is king. We talk about that a lot in marketing, how it's important to understand how your audience thinks, how they tick and all the things about them, because whatever marketing uh, material you send their way, if you know what lights their lights, then you're sending them the right material. So how does that work in the context of storytelling? You've got to be very aware that the story you're telling is something that your audience is going to want to see, isn't it? Yes, and that comes down to knowing your audience and understanding who they are, where they are, how they get their information, but also how your product is relevant to them and why they would be interested in your product. It's a half, half about you and half about them. Um, if you're selling something luxurious, then that's talking about why somebody would want to invest in that money because what would it bring to them? How would it make them feel? Are they looking for um, status? Are they looking for comfort? What is it within the luxury that they are looking for? So yes, it's really about knowing your audience and understanding what they're looking for, why they would get that from you and how your product would make them feel. And they're just sort of three points that you can look at. And once you sort of really delve into them, you then look for different ways to tell that story. So for example, a cashmere jumper, be a really expensive, beautifully made cashmere jumper. Um, and you'd look into all the elements, like how would it make them feel when they wore it? Would they feel um, soft and warm and luxurious? Would they feel cozy and safe? Or would it be that it was really a statement piece that they'd be wearing and they'd feel that they were the only one that had that particular color? And would they feel pride in wearing a brand that was talking to certain audience because of their eco-sustainability? And it's really looking into all the elements that that brand delivers that the audience is looking for. So yes, half knowing them, half, half, sorry, half knowing what your audience is looking for and how they're looking for it and why they're looking for it and half knowing how your product delivers those needs. And I suppose in that respect as well, if you're, let's just say, for instance, you're selling a service rather than uh, a cashmere jumper, for example, I guess if you know what your audience holds dear to their heart and what their values are, then if that matches your own values or your values within your business, then I guess sharing your values with your audience is pretty valuable too, because you're aligning a connection with your audience straight from the start, aren't you? Yeah, completely. 
Um, and that's how you find your audience as well. And your audience finds you because you you convey all your values, the things that you care about. And as I said, that could be sustainability, supporting local craftsmen. There's a, a great company in Upminster who make juices, um, freshly pressed juices, and they deliver them to your doorstep. And their mission is all about providing natural goodness um, in a sustainable way because they recycle, they use glass bottles and they come and collect them. So their values there are very much about how to get goodness into you, you know, how to eat your fruit and veg, your five a day, and this sort of sustainability of that, the process and the recycled bottles. So they're their values that they are really keen to convey. And if somebody is interested in their well-being and eating well and looking after themselves, that's one value. But if they're interested in sustainability and the recycling version as well, that's another value. So you're almost niching down to your audience because you really only want to talk to the people that are your audience that are actually interested in. And that's why being very clear about your values and telling them in a way that makes them very clear and interests people, that's how you attract your audience. Yeah. The more value you give in all of your communication efforts, more ways you can look to inspire them and interest people, the more they're going to be interested in your brand. So again, it comes back to that, not just saying, oh, this is my product, it's this, it costs this much, buy it from here. You want to break down, yeah, these were the values and the assets of that product and your brand and your business. I love that glass bottles thing. I remember, and I might be the oldest person here, so bear with me, you might not remember this, but when I was a kid, we used to have the Corona Man. Does anybody remember the Corona Man? No. No. I think you're on your own here, Paul. I think I might be. Let me explain for you young folk. You get a guy come round your house, much like the milkman, uh, but he'd be delivering bottles of fizzy drink. The Obviously, the product was Corona. And then you'd turn up on your doorstep, much like your milk delivery, but it was, it was soda. It was all very, very healthy. Um, and uh, then you'd get... As in my exciting part of it was my mum always used to allow me to get the refund on the bottles. So if we saved the bottles and then the guy picked the bottles up and took them back, you get 5p back on each bottle. And that was that would go in my pocket. <laughs> That's a so really good So it's a very idea. similar thing. It's almost gone 360, isn't it? And I, I love that idea of them coming and picking up the bottles because straight away it uh, it's building a relationship with your customer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a whole, actually a whole circle of uh, product being used and returned and recycled and beginning again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I've just made myself feel very old now. Yeah, well, you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, actually, and thinking about that as well, it's, it's installing that loyalty, isn't it? Um, that loyalty and that long-lasting relationship with your with your clients and with the company isn't it by doing something like that and uh 5p yeah That's, what did you do with all your all your cash pool at the time well, it's, it's what made me rich claire it's what made <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about um our target markets you know a lot in in marketing and, and a lot of focus is put on that but how what would you say if you had more than one target audience amy well, that just means you have even more stories to well, because everybody's looking for something slightly different and that's where it comes to really breaking down everything you offer and almost like a set diagram you kind of work out okay these people are going to be interested in this element these and that these people need to know this as well so you want to work out what people what you want them to know what they need them to know and that comes to looking for different ways to tell all these different stories I mean 
you can make huge campaigns. It can be a small little post. It can be a newsletter. It's looking at all the stories, the values, everything that makes your brand unique and why your customer needs it. And there will be yeah, an overlap. So you target the certain stories depending on the particular audience and where they are. So obviously some people are on Instagram, some people like a newsletter, some people listen to podcasts, some people are going to um, respond well to Facebook ads. So you have so many stories. It then comes down to about the planning and breaking it down and understanding, first of all, which story is best represented on which sort of medium. Is it, would it be a video work well for this? Would it be more of a text and a story where people would read it on a newsletter? Or is it a real short, short sharp sort of picture message that you can convey on an Instagram post? It's about looking to see where your audience, which particular audience is where, and which message works best, and in which way, in which form, on all those different platforms. We thought this was quite a, a timely subject to deal with because I don't know whether you've noticed this, Amy, but it annoys me, and probably you too, Claire, that a lot of brands on social media, uh, especially the smaller brands and the influencers, they're all very me, me, me on social media, which is fine. And obviously we're talking about talking about yourself, which is a good thing, but it doesn't always work because you've got to talk, talk about yourself, like you said, in the right way, haven't you? It's so specific to what your brand is and who your audience is. Um, for example... Um, if you are a business selling children's um, goods, be that clothes or um, you know, products for the house and toys, and if you are a mum yourself or a father and you are selling these products, then of course to sort of bring in and mention children and what you've, you know maybe you've been inspired by something your child did that day, that's important because it conveys context and maybe it inspired you, as I say, inspired you to create something. So there is that importance. But if you are selling something completely unrelated to children and families and parents, then moaning about your children that day doesn't really serve a purpose to connect you to your audience. Um, so there's finding that, that balance of being real and bringing you, but knowing why your audience is there. I suppose it's all about relevancy, isn't it? It's whether what you're talking about is relevant to the subject or the brand or what you're trying to convey to your audience. Yes. Um, so obviously you look towards, with your brands, you look to the interests around that topic as, as well. I mean, for example, there's a, um, a lovely um, gift and um, card company called Love Life and Lemons, and they are very much sort of tongue-in-cheek gifts and cards. And they're very clever about chatting with their audience through daily occurrences with a sense of humour that are relevant to the, the type of products that they sell. So they're engaging their audience by sharing funny observations of life because their products tell funny observations of life. You know, they have quotes on cards and uh, puns on their on mugs and aprons. So they talk about things that are relevant to their product based on showing they are showing a certain sense of humour and, you know, make their audience laugh in that way rather than constantly push a certain product. That's great. I love that example. So when, when we talk about stories, we often talk about the, the start, the middle and the end. Um, do you think this is necessary when sharing your, your story with regards to your audience? Do you think you need a powerful headline um, and a conclusion at the end or is it slightly different? Um, yes, I mean, that translates across all the things. I mean, if it's an Instagram post, you want a really catchy sort of visual or a, a text with yeah, I would advise like a catchy 
sort of subject of what you're going to talk about and then a short text if you're going to be doing um, a newsletter or a podcast then of course you've got to have a, a headline that explains what you can be talking about and then a, a subheading that gives a bit of an insight into your conclusion as well so that people know what they're going to get from from the story that they can read so they take the time to read or listen if it's a longer thing um, it all depends on where you're putting that story and who the audience is because obviously you tell your story on your website they might be a slightly longer read but you also have to have a very to the point about page so people know instantly what you're selling and what you're all about and I, I guess there are certain circumstances where people might be listening to this and thinking oh I, I can't put that on social media because it's boring or you know why would be, people be interested in that so do, I mean do you think you have to have a great story first or can you make any story great just the way you tell it um I think story a story of a product or a brand yes some people would struggle to think how to make it interesting and that's why it's so important to break it all down and, and look to see what parts make your brand and your product interesting and if part of that is your story for example if you were a, a personal trainer um, your story is important because obviously I'm going to be more inclined to go with somebody that lives and breathes exercise and healthy eating but I also want to know how you are going to help me if the uh, the trainer would identify maybe the things that I was feeling, maybe I was feeling sluggish, maybe I couldn't find my groove of exercising well around a family, or maybe I was just fed up, my jeans feeling too tight. So that goes back to that headline. If you can identify a good headline that will show your audience you understand their problems or their needs or their desires, then they're more likely to stop and listen to what you have to say. And then you can talk about why you're in the position to be able to help them, how you can help them, how they can expect to feel, that kind of thing. So it's part you and your story that's brought you here, but partly the audience and your customer's story as to how you can help them or why they need your product or what your product will bring them, how it make them feel, how they can use it. I guess it doesn't have to be your own story as well. And then you, you mentioned the, the whole person, personal trainer thing as an example, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your story you could actually tell your clients stories Absolutely. and that in a way is a really powerful tool that's identifying all the different people you could help and the different ways you could help them and using case studies to show um how you've helped certain people deal with certain things and that could translate across quite a few different businesses always good to go back to your customers and uh, listen to how they talk about your product and how they talk about how they felt using your service because they would actually really help you shape your story as well. Yeah, I've noticed you've mentioned a couple of times about how people feel when using your service. And um, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because it's how you leave your client feeling after they've experienced what it is that that you offer. Because a lot of people, uh, do you think, maybe buy with emotion? Totally. Um, yes, and that's particularly relevant for smaller brands where you are able to, nowadays, we can connect with our audience um, bigger brands, they can do that as well, but it's a big company trying to reach lots of people. Whereas when you own your own business and it's you or a small team, you can connect directly to your audience and that enables you to build relationships. And so when you start talking emotively about your products and your service, for example, um, I work with a, a jewelry company called Black and Sigi, and it's a contemporary company um contemporary costume jewelry and a lot of their campaigns are based around the fun element of 
you know, lifting yourself with jewelry. So they talk around sort of an emotional connection with their customers through jewelry. So if you can connect with your customer through things that are important to them, and that's what it comes down to recognizing the needs of your customer, the values of customers, and then you connect on a personal level and build, as you said, building relationships, that will really help then become more aware of who you are and connect with you and want to buy from you. Because I think people, particularly now, are very, very much invested in wanting to spend their money with smaller brands to support the smaller brands. So building those relationships and connecting with them, they're all really important ways. Uh, so if you do um, sell a through story um, and you're promoting uh, yourself or your products or your services, what um what could you do if it wasn't working uh because obviously sometimes when we start things that are new it's a case of maybe trying it to see what happens see if you get the engagement that you're looking for but how could you change it if it's not working Mm, good question if you're talking about not just your product you're just if it's not working then look at are you talking too much about specific product or are you talking too much about you is there a balance of everything and that comes down to Sort of, I always advise people to do like a spider graph of what they're actually offering because there's the product and then there's how it feels to that customer and how they can use it. But then there's also the values of your company. And then there's the interests that surround your product. So to what things, if somebody's going to buy something from you, um, for example, to go back to the juice company, if people are buying juices, then they are interested in well-being and health. So then there's an a wider area to look at so perhaps it's looking at different topics and talk of things that are going to interest your audience that sort of embody what you do rather than actual product so if it's not working i'd say maybe you're only focusing on one bit rather than your product your audience your values the benefits and see if if talking about it. it's also a long-term thing because you're looking to build a relationship and to build awareness and it's never going to be that one thing's going to work immediately and it's looking at sort of layering stories so you'd have you know use lots of different platforms to do that so you have lots of opportunities to talk to your customer again you're creating multiple opportunities to have sort of conversations with your customer that relationship thing though is so important isn't it and uh, i totally get that and i totally understand how it's something that happens over uh, a long term i hate and I, claire will back me up on this because i know she doesn't like it either i hate people who come onto linkedin they friend you on linkedin or or facebook or whatever choose your own platform and then they go straight in with a hard sell mm. pitch their product or pitch their they haven't built a relationship and i always liken it to it's a bit like having sex on a first date <laughs> yeah i want to go out for a meal first and get to know you and you know straight away you're taking your pants off yeah exactly <laughs> it's building up the relationship slowly informing them inspiring them interest and in giving them value you know tips advice suggestions things that will inspire them the more value you can give to your audience the more interested they'll be in what you have to say when you actually start talking about your products. Yeah, take time with it. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a slow relationship. Romance your public. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. I just think, because I, I, I feel, you know, you can't offer a solution, uh, identify needs and offer a solution if you truly don't understand what that person's looking for. And I think that's a really good point about sometimes your posts will work, sometimes they may not. It may just be that it's not of particular interest to that person at the time, but to the next person it might be. Yeah, you're not going to get it right first time every time, are you? No, and which is why when you said about all different audiences that you have, it's once you start understanding the power of your story and realizing how much you have to say you then 
you're giving yourself so many opportunities to talk to somebody that, as Ted just said, they might not be listening the first time, it might not be relevant to them that time. There might be a few times they kind of, it brushes over them, but then the fourth or fifth time they're in the right spot or you've mentioned a particular element that is really piqued their interest. It just gives you multiple chances to talk to them without being like hard sales, they turn off. Exactly. Um, so in terms of using maybe other people's content, and I've seen this a few times where people have seen something and thought, that's pretty good. Do you think that is can be useful uh, to, to tell your own story or not? Well, I never say to, to take and then use as your own, but obviously you can be inspired by ways in which people tell their story. Um, but also if you're looking to... Um, I think I mentioned there about how you talk about topics of interest to your audience that kind of embody what you do rather than talking about your product, then using other people's content, as long as you're crediting it and saying, oh, you know, this article is a really good um, exploration of this topic on, you know, that could be health sector, it could be fashion, could be design, you're looking at a concept that would be of interest to your audience, then sharing that content, I think is a really good way of enabling you to have more content. I mean, I did it, did it this morning. Um, I saw a post by someone, uh, some other company uh, that I really loved. So I just shared it onto my own page and said, look, yeah, look at what this person's doing. This is fantastic. Just because I knew that my audience would be interested in seeing that. It wasn't my content. I didn't curate it. It's one of those things you see on Facebook and you see a post, you think, God, I wish I'd have thought of that. Yeah. And you're still adding, you know, giving something of interest or value to your to your audience. I know you've get, you've given us a couple of really good examples of people who do this really well. You mentioned about the juicing company and a few others. Do you have another really good example of a brand? Might not be, it could be a, a bigger brand that perhaps we might all know that does this really well and aligns with their audience with a story. Well, something I do like at the moment is the um, who gives a crap toilet paper brand oh yes <laughs> mm. they create toilet paper that's um made from recycled paper and they package it beautifully and part of their sales their profits go to helping um basically provide clean toilets in undeveloped countries so they have a great story a great reason why they're doing because basically their product is you know an everyday commodity but they package it beautifully um, and their story is why, but also their campaigns. I mean, they, they make you laugh. I mean, who gives a crap? They had um, special Christmas lettered packaging so you could write letters to Santa with your toilet rolls and you, <laughs> it's a subscription-based thing. So it's, it's a very clever. Yeah. That is brilliant. I love that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. A member of my family purchased those just before Christmas, and I was fascinated, fascinated by it. And the and I agree with you, the packaging was something else. I'd never thought packaging a toilet roll could look so glorious. But they've got so many <laughs> elements to their story, their why, their how. Yeah. Um, and they've got it right in every which way. All the messaging and story campaigns. Yeah, they're a good brand. Yeah, that's a really, really good example. And actually a brand that stands out because toilet roll's boring. If you can make toilet roll exciting, then yeah, wow, you've really hit the nail on the head there. That must be quite a hard thing to do to make toilet roll exciting, actually. Yeah, I think it probably all stems though from the fact they wanted to do something good and they saw a, a way to make that happen. And I think that when you were saying about emotion, if there's a, a really strong reason behind something, you don't have to fake it. It's looking to see why you do something and why you want to help your customer and how you think you can do that. That's always a good starting point to look at how you help your customer. Yeah, so we've yeah we've talked a lot about uh, some 
some ways where we can reach our target audience and uh, convey our messages to the right people. So in terms of your three top tips or do you have three golden rules that you could share with us when you're uh, promoting your business through selling a story? One, yes, to put to put your customer first, to think what it is it what is it they are looking for that you can offer and to link that back as in how are you going to make them feel why is it you need so look towards your customer first um secondly don't all be about your actual product think bigger in terms of what your brand offers what are your values what things are important to you and therefore would be important to your audience so again linking back um and then i guess when it comes to telling a story it would be using the appropriate language um don't try to be something you're not but obviously know who your audience is so if you want to come across as a very professional informative then you you use the right language if you want to be talking to teenagers for example you would be sure that you were using language that would be relevant to them if you're looking to professionals you would word it in a certain way that would appeal to them so take some time to think what your tone of voice is and then Again, brainstorm the sort of words and language you would use so that you start from the right tone of voice. Before we wrap up, I mean, we're definitely going to have to ask you to tell uh, tell us your story a little bit in a minute. But actually, before we do that, <laughs> we've got the important questions. A set of questions inspired by a US TV show called Inside the Actors Studio. We ask the same questions at the end of every episode. It's always fascinating to see what kind of answers we uh, we get back. It's completely unrelated to the topic, just a bit of fun. Claire, go on, fire away with the first one. Uh, let's see if I can get this question right now. I say it differently every time. Um, dead or alive, who would be your ideal dinner date? And I love what you said yesterday, Claire, when we interviewed someone else. Um, it's good to point out that uh, by dead or alive, we mean that you're not sitting opposite a dead person having a meal. Um, in circumstances, it'd be rather nice just to meet up with friends and family right now. Yeah. Just, just anyone. <laughs> anyone. I kind of keep thinking someone like fun that's lived a life, I don't know, but would have lots of interesting stories. I always think um, Joanna Lumley comes across really well whenever I hear her. She'd be great, wouldn't she? And she's got such a great sense of humour and I, I could listen to her all day. She's got a great voice. Yeah. So, so maybe someone like that or, and Stephen Fry and Olivia Coleman, I heard her the other day on the there's someone like that that has lots of stories and a good sense of humour wow Stephen Fry Joanna Lumley and Olivia Coleman around a table that would be interesting wouldn't it I'm sure I could think of a few others but I yeah they're going to have to I'd have to think long long and hard on that one if I was going to have a whole dinner party I think you'd have to check that those three behave themselves first before you introduce anyone else I, th- I think you've started off pretty well. That's a, that's a real good top three right there. So what other profession, apart from your own, would you like to attempt? I have a few. Um, narrowing it down to one was quite hard. Um, fashion designer, architect, yacht builder. That's <laughs> three. The yacht builder one was a bit of a curveball. I couldn't choose one. Sorry. I'd like to try all three by May. Okay. If heaven exists, what would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> what took you so long? That sounds a bit sinister. Would he be rubbing his hands together? He sounded a bit cross. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You should have been here weeks ago. I think I've been having too much fun down here. So we love some of the stuff. You've come up with some great examples. Hopefully some of our audience will go and check some of these examples out and get a real feel for how these brands do it uh, and how they do it really well, especially the uh, Lou Roll example you gave at the end. Just to wrap up, let's have a little bit of a, a story from you. Tell us uh, how you got to where you are and how people can get in touch with you if 
if they'd like to chat with you a bit more. Okay. Um, well, I very much was being in fashion and design. I sort of studied fashion and then I um, started working straight out of the university at Moschino. They were setting up UK office and that was really good. I learned old school PR there, um, all the magazines. And then I joined Benetton and again, they were setting up their UK press office. They obviously bent on so much more than clothes, very good at telling stories, but they also had a cultural body and a magazine. So that was very much learning about, beginning to learn about telling stories and different audiences. Yeah, around the time when when Benetton was absolutely everywhere, the, like the United Colours of Benetton was there, I can still remember it, it shows you how strong it was. They had a real... Um, philosophy about um, the way they did things. It wasn't just about going into a store and buying a jumper. It was a lot more than that, wasn't it? I mean, they were very innovative. Innovative. I can't say. I can never say that either. No, 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 I struggle with that. Innovative. In how they did everything. They're making, they're marketing, they're selling, always very, very future-focused and looking of new ways to do things. And also in engaging their audience in talking about bigger things than just a jumper, talking about the values and things that interested them and engaging through that. Um, it was a really interesting company to work with. Um, and now I like helping smaller bands kind of translate that idea of talking to your customer again and again through different ways. Um, but you know, I, I love working with the independent brands and really helping them break down their story and come up with innovative ways for them to talk to their audience so brilliant so how how can people come and find you I and mean, obviously i'll mention this a little bit later on in the show but we have this thing called the big little business club so we'll invite you to that so you can share some of your uh your ongoing stuff there and if people want to get in touch with you there they can but how else can people get in touch with you amy um my website is amystammers.com and you can find me on instagram with the same handle this is the big little business show the podcast with bigger tips for small business one of the big messages that I took from that, I mean, there were so so many notes, of course, that I made. Of course. Is, of course. <laughs> how people buy with, through emotion and how when you're conveying a message and talking about your story, how people connect with that on an emotional level, it just is so important. I mean, with all these things, and I think, think marketing is a really good example of this, you don't really pay an awful lot of attention to how it really works and how the nuts and bolts of marketing works until you understand a little bit about it. And when you go back and you watch things again, it's just one of those things you don't, until you understand it, you don't get it and you don't notice it. Um, so hopefully that she's given us, she's sort of shed some light on some things there and, and made you think about how you're going to um, market yourself in the future. It's almost like some visible clues, isn't it? that we're not always aware that we are sharing, but we are. You see a lot of people making mistakes and they make mistakes because they don't really... Uh, they haven't really learned how to do it properly, but when you do learn how to properly do it properly, it makes such a huge difference. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, looking forward to trying some of these uh, tactics. Tactics out. Watch this space. Yeah, valuable <laughs> stuff there from Amy. And uh, Amy mentioned a few examples of brands that get it really right and know how to sell a story. And uh, we're going to share some links from those brands on our page for this episode. So uh, after the show, go and have a look at uh, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk uh, and then go to the page and you'll be able to go and check out the brands that she spoke about and you know see for yourself how they really get it right. Yeah, yeah, really good. So we always like to finish off the show by shouting out about a business who's been listening to our podcast or has connected with us on social media via Instagram, LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever else we are. 
So who are we talking about this week? So this week I would like to give a shout out to Ian Brasher. Oh, Ian Brasher. Where am I finding Ian? Ibray, as in B-R-A-Y dot com. So E-Y-E-B-R-A-Y dot com. Dot com. So they have a real emphasis on providing the right elements of theory to match the vision of the business owners. So they support businesses with projects uh, that require uh, to ensure that basically the right outcome is achieved through compliance, consulting, training, IT, improvement products, enhancement rollouts and structural change. So I just felt that uh, I'd give them a shout out this week because a lot of businesses are currently looking at how they can review their services and how they can move their businesses forward. Oh, I see. So it's a bit of a, almost like a bit of a one-stop shop, isn't it? It is, yeah. So like in consultancy. Really good. And a lovely little website too. So ibray.com, E-Y-E-B-R-A-Y.com. Uh, go check them out. And um, well, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. And thank you to Amy for being with us today. And uh, don't forget, whatever platform you're listening to us on, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all the future episodes directly into your phone device every Monday. And make sure you leave us a review too. That's really important. Helps to pick us up in podcast land. And make sure you come and find us on the Big Little Business Club on Facebook. Uh, our little group where all our previous experts live. Uh, so you can go and connect with them, uh, have a chat with them, find out more about them, learn more from them. Uh, and uh, if you want to get them uh, on board to help you grow your business, then that's where you can find them. Uh, just go searching for Big Little Business Club on Facebook. And that wraps it up for us. Have a lovely Valentine's Day with your cheese and onion crisps. Or what, what, what flavour crisps? Ready salted Salt flavor? and vinegar. Get it right. And they're walkers. It's got to be walkers. <laughs> Uh, well, there we are. I'll pitch you on uh, Valentine's Day having a romantic packet of crisps. Ah, oh, so my dream. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.